Yes, all aboard. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. And the train is building up ahead of steam. So grab your ticket. It's free. Get on board. This train will be picking up passengers along the way. Taking you on a sports journey. So, enjoy the ride. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your conductor, Anthony Smith. Welcome to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. It is Saturday, April 17th. We got a lot to get to. In case you have noticed, I have scaled down to basically every Saturday doing a podcast. Instead of trying to do it every day, of course, I do have some other platforms that I do podcast on as well, too. But due to the fact that this is Anchor sponsored, I'm not going to mention those names. I'm going to start this one off kind of differently because it was on a lot of sports outlets yesterday. At least I know it was on CBS Sports Radio as I was on my commute to work yesterday. But a rabbit bobcat was on the loose in a residential area. And if you know anything about bobcats, bobcats usually don't have nothing to do with human civilization. However, this instance, there was a bobcat on the loose in the neighborhood, a rabbit bobcat. And the results that happen will astound you. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to play the audio for you. Then I'm going to give you the story on what happened. I know this is a sports podcast, but since this was on some sports media outlets yesterday and they was having their take with it, as a matter of fact, some said that this guy ought to be the number three pick in the NFL draft. Anyway, here we go. Good morning. I need to wash my car. was a bobcat attack and a bobcat thrown right the man literally went and lifted the bobcat picked him up looked him dead square in the eye and tossed him across the yard there was a jogger going by and when they seen was going he told him get on out of here but as the story goes A father walking out to his car to get ready for the day quickly jumped into action when a rabbit bobcat attacked his wife, tossing the wild animal before grabbing his gun to shoot the creature. Viral video circulating around social media shows the altercation unfold as the couple's relaxed morning quickly turned chaotic. The footage was initially posted by TikTok user Keith McHughes, but has been repeatedly removed due to violence, according to several people on Twitter. It is unclear where the video was filmed. Brief clip shows the seemingly pleasant morning with the man, almost ironically named Happy, making his way to his van with what appears to be a cup of coffee and a tin of food. Happy greets a jogger as the bobcat can be seen making his way across the street towards his driveway. 
the unsuspecting man turns towards his van and comments on how dirty it is. I need to wash my car, he says, as his wife comes into view, heading to the van while holding a small animal crate. Animal growls at the woman before attacking her, sending her screaming and around the van as she tries to get back to her husband. Happy rushes to his wife's aid, picking up the animal before realizing it is a bobcat. OMG, it's a bobcat, he screams before tossing the wild animal. Oh my God, get out, get out. Happy screams for the people around him to watch out as the bobcat runs away from all the commotion, pulling the gun from his side and chasing after the animal. I will shoot that bleeper, he asserts, telling people to get out of the way. The clip comes to a close with Happy explaining what just happened to a neighbor. It's a bobcat. Attack my wife, he shouts. A bobcat. So evidently, he did what he said he was going to do. He shot that bobcat. But some of the crazy talk that was going on on sports radio was with the arm strength that this guy has, maybe he should be the third pick for the San Francisco 49ers. Anyway, that was just brief chatter right there. But it was amazing to see that happen because I heard about it, heard the audio on my, like I said, on my commute to work. But to actually see it for myself, I'm like, you know what? As much as I want to be different, I'll do exactly what everybody else is doing. I don't even know if Clay Travis talked about this because he has this show called Thunderdome. And no, I'm not giving Clay Travis a free plug. But he does things that involves animals, a deal called Thunderdome, you know, or wild snakes getting loose in people's houses and crawling up the toilet. So I'm pretty sure he talked about this bobcat. But this is a very interesting and intriguing story. What a way to start your morning with a bobcat attack and having to save your wife from a bobcat attack and toss them at least a good 10 yards across the front line. Anyway, making news in the NBA. Dwayne Wade reportedly purchases ownership stake in NBA team. ESPN insider Adrian Wojnarowski dropped a bombshell report on Twitter this Friday announcing that former NBA star Dwayne Wade has purchased ownership stake, purchased an ownership stake in the Utah Jazz. Wojnarowski reported that Wade is joining majority owner Ryan Smith with the intent of taking an active role in the franchise. Wade, a three-time NBA champion and 13-time All-Star, told ESPN that this latest move is something he's been considering for a while. This goes way beyond the dream I had to just play basketball in the NBA, way he said via ESPN. I've seen Shaq do it in Sacramento. I've seen Grant Hill do it in Atlanta. I've seen Jordan do it in Charlotte. If this partnership is going to be anything like my relationship with Ryan, there are going to be a lot of things that I'll want to be involved in. As for how this move will affect his relationship with the Miami Heat, he made sure his fans know that feelings for the franchise have not changed. The respect I have for that organization talking about the heat will not go away will not go anywhere the love that i have for the heat fans that goes nowhere but this is about the next phase of my life as an investor a businessman an entrepreneur for me an opportunity to grow it's unclear at this time how big wade's stake in the jazz will be nonetheless this is Fantastic news for him and his family. Congratulations to Dwayne Wade for reaching yet another milestone in what has been a fantastic career on and off 
the hardwood. So we, these are just some quick stories just to get this podcast started because there, like I said, there is so much more to get to. Uh, one of the things I'm going to also be doing is I'm going to look back because this past week, with the five-year anniversary of a man that is no longer amongst us. Talking about none other than Kobe Bryant. And it's still kind of hard to fathom the news that Kobe Bryant is no longer with us. But this past week, five years ago, marked the five-year anniversary when he played his <clears throat> final game and dropped 60 in a game that looked like when it first started out, he would barely crack 20 starting out 0 for 5, 0 for 9. But he had that signature third quarter where he just went ballistic. Sean, this is the Kobe that y'all knew. The Kobe y'all seen in the first quarter or so was that what y'all want to call a shell of himself. But the Kobe you seen in the third quarter was the Kobe that y'all came to the arena to see night in and night out. So we're going to take a look back at that, remembering Kobe Bryant. And also today, like I say, I want to be different on my podcast. I want to do things different. I don't want to do be the mainstream. But I want to take a look at... Humanitarians, either from the NFL, NBA, WNBA, because I believe this is going to be a new segment I'm going to do, humanitarians outside the game, and the first one I'm going to look at will be Maya Moore. Because she did something that was unheard of, unthought of. And I would like to take a look at what she has done on and off the court. But right now, what I'm going to do before I really get into this, because I'm going to go ahead and take a break right now. And when I come back, we're going to take a look back at Kobe's last game. So hope you enjoyed the first segment as I pretty much just rambled on with no rhyme or no reason. But stay tuned. I'll be back. The train is building up steam. So you'll want to stick around for the next segment. This is the A-Train, Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options, 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. We'll get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Want to enhance your workout? Try the workout bands everyone is talking about. Three different resistance levels. Light, 
medium, and heavy. Only at www.kakeybums.com. That's www.kakeybums.com. www.kakeybums.com to enhance your workout with the resistance bands that everyone is talking about. Hey, what's happening? It's Rick Thomas with Running the Table, and you already know you are on board the A-Train. Hang on for the ride. Welcome back again to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. And as promised, we're going to look back Kobe Bryant. Long but not forgotten. And there are plenty that could probably give you their insight on him and that 60-point game. One in particular. First person, DeMar DeRozan on Kobe's 60-point game. It was like an like an Avengers movie, he stated. I had felt this before, a stunned feeling, butterflies in my stomach. When I was a kid in Compton with next to nothing, it would happen when the Lakers games would be on KCAL 9. And five years ago, it happened again, this time at my home in Toronto. My team at the time, the Raptors, was playing in Brooklyn and left a bunch of us behind with our playoff spot already sealed. So I was able to sit down on my couch, turn on my TV, and watch every second of my idol and my friend, Kobe Bryant, play his last NBA game. But there was just one problem. I couldn't actually sit down. As I watched Kobe, the couch wasn't good enough. I was too hyped, too emotional. I had to get up. I mean, I had the chills. I stood in front of my TV in Toronto, my hands on my head, my eyes getting wider by the second. I thought Kobe would do something special. But, I mean, come on. Who does this? I had known Kobe a long time. I knew how hurt he was, how tired he had to be. 60 points is crazy. 50 shots are crazier. Think about it now. I still can't help it. I have to smile. It was just perfect. It's just funny because I never really thought about how I was getting close with Kobe. It just sort of happened organically. I went to his camp at Matra Day. Clay Thompson was there too. At that time, Clay and I were some of the guys who stood out. There's a photo that goes around of me sitting there listening to Kobe, one of the most knowledgeable players ever. He was going to keep an eye on us. I kind of ended up in this circle of guys on call for these pickup games. One summer, it was at Loyola Marymount. Another was at UCLA. I remember going to a Lakers game and sitting in the back talking to Kobe. He'd reach out and send shoes. When I got to USC, we were the first team to have that Kobe sponsorship. It was always just connected. When we played for the last time in Kobe's last season, I was able to gift him some shoes. We had these all-gold Kobe 10s that we signed. I wrote a personal message. We got them customized and had them in this case. It's crazy because as a competitor, you take it for granted. You forget that you're playing against one of your idols. 
you kind of take a lot of moments for granted and you look up and you'll be on the court laughing and joking and hugging your idol for that last time. We talked before that game and just to see him walking away, but also to see how happy he was too, knowing he was about to walk away from the game. You know that I found so much inspiration and enjoyment with that. As a player, you'll want to walk away from the game just being happy. He was really happy. It was always a part of getting to play against Kobe because I'm still just that kid from Compton, hoping that tonight's game would be on KCAL so I could watch it. When I think about my journey to the NBA, I think about Kobe because he was such an inspiration. I didn't text him or anything before that last game because I knew how hectic it all was. But I knew that he was going to do something spectacular. What? I wasn't sure. I thought maybe he'd hit a game winner. But this was crazy. I can't think of a better finish. I'm a big Peyton Manning fan. He's my favorite quarterback. And yeah, he won a Super Bowl. But that wasn't him at his best. He was throwing ducks and things like that. Remember Michael Jordan's last game when his team was losing and the fans were all rooting for him to go back in the game? Jordan mostly just stood up and waved. So many of the guys I've been fans of, when they retire, they just kind of go out quietly. This was different. This was like an Avengers movie. 20 years from now, if you want to show someone what kind of player Kobe Bryant was, it's all in this game. That's amazing, man. I remember that game was over. I couldn't stop thinking about him shooting that many times. I took 38 shots once when I was 27, and I was exhausted, really. Imagine doing it on your last game after 20 seasons, only you take 50. Crazy. I know how hard last season was. He couldn't play in back-to-backs, the losing. He had to preserve his energy in a lot of games while trying to give fans one last show, especially on the road. He wanted to go out with an awesome moment. It's still crazy thinking about how it all paid off. Great athletes don't get to go out this way with a game that's just so perfect. It never gets to end this way. But Kobe, man, he was just different. can't believe how fast 20 years went by. I mean, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. And, uh, you know, to be standing here at center court with you guys, my teammates behind me, and uh, appreciating all this, you know, the journey that we've been on. You know, we've been through our ups and been through our downs. And uh, I think the most important part is that we all stay together throughout. You know, I grew up I grew up a diehard, I mean a diehard Laker fan. Diehard. I mean, I knew knew everything about every player that's ever played here. So to be drafted and then traded to this organization and to spend 20 years here, I mean you can't you can't write something better than this. And I'm more proud, I'm more proud of the fact that not about the championships, but about the down years because we didn't run we didn't run we played through all that stuff and we got our championships and we did it the right way and uh all i can do here is just thank you guys thank you guys for all the years of support thank you guys for all the motivation thank you for all the inspiration and uh you know what's funny <laughs> The thing that had me cracking up all night long was the fact that I go through 20 years of everybody screaming to pass the ball. And on the last night, they're like, don't pass it. <laughs> this, has been, this has been absolutely beautiful, you guys. I can't believe it's come to an end. Um, you guys will always be in my heart. And uh, I sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. No words can describe how I feel about you guys. 
And uh, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, God, I love you guys. And uh, I love you guys. And uh, my family, to my family, my wife Vanessa, our daughters Natalia and Gianna, you know, thank you guys for all your sacrifice. You know, for all the hours I spent in the gym working and training. And Vanessa, you holding down the family the way that you have. I, I, I can't, there's no way that I can thank you enough for that. So, yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And uh, what can I say? Mamba out. So remembering Kobe's last game. Remembering Kobe's last game. From the words of DeMar DeRozan and the video excerpt there. Hard to believe that Kobe is no longer with us. But he's gone. But not forgotten. Up next, just one particular person I want to take a look at. It would be Maya Moore. Maya Moore is a long line of talented, gifted athletes to come through that Geno R.E.M. UConn women's basketball program. A very beautiful young lady at that. But she's a young lady that gave up everything for one person's freedom. She has a very unique story. One that needs to be told. And I am going to shed some light on Maya Moore. You know, you know the crazy part about it. You know, I used, I, I can say this, and without any backlash, I'm not going to say everybody, but there are a few people that have what's called celebrity crushes. And Maya Moore was one of my celebrity crushes. I was actually flirting with the idea of leaving Wichita and moving to Minnesota. My daughter was staying there and she had pretty much all but convinced me because she wasn't moving back this way no time soon. That, And then having visited the Twin Cities, doing some sightseeing and seeing, I'm like, you know what? I could actually, I even applied for a job outside of Minnesota, Shakopee to be exact, which isn't too far from Minneapolis. And that job didn't go through. Had it went through, I probably would have been packing up what few things I could pack up. I would have probably hit the road and started my new life, but it wasn't meant to be. But one of the things I would have been able to do is I would have been able to check out some WNBA games and I would have been 
probably trying to get as close to front row as I can so I can get good birds out of you of one Maya more. What I want to do, and I'm going to do this before I go to a break, I'm going to play a piece of video clip. So I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but I am going to do this, and this will take me to my break, and this will lead into what I'm going to talk about next. So here we go. Maya Moore shocks the world with announcement on Good Morning America that she got married. Stay tuned for this crazy story. Hey guys, welcome to The Fumble. I'm Britt Johnson. For more sports news and commentary, make sure you click subscribe and don't forget to follow me on all social media at I am Britt Johnson. Everything happens for a reason, so it could have been destiny when in 1998, a 16-year-old named Jonathan Irons was accused of burglary and shooting a man in St. Louis. Even though there was no forensic evidence or credible witnesses, Jonathan Irons was sentenced to 50 years in prison for a crime that he did not commit. Fast forward to 2019, after building a friendship with Irons over some years, Maya Moore, who is known as one of the best basketball players in the WNBA, decided to skip the season and focus on ministry and outreach. And just a year later, when Maya was scheduled to make her return to the court, she again decided to skip the season to now focus on criminal justice reform, and in particularly the case of Jonathan Irons. After 23 years in prison, Jonathan Irons was freed on July 2nd, 2020, and is now a married man to none other than Maya Moore. Maya went on Good Morning America with Jonathan and announced they were married, and he had this to say about their love story. I wanted to marry her, but at the same time protect her because being in a relationship with a man in prison is extremely difficult and painful. And I, I wanted her to feel open and have the ability to anytime if, if this is too much for you, go and find somebody to live your life uh, because this is hard. I knew there was always something more to this. No one just quits their job like that. She quit because she had to go get her man. Makes total sense now. And now they are together and will hopefully live happily ever after. Question now is, though, will my return to the court for the 2021 season or are her days of basketball behind her? Let me know what you guys think in the comments below. Don't forget to like this video, click subscribe, and shop the Fumble store for the latest game day gear. I'm your host, Britt Johnson, for The Fumble, and I'll see you guys soon. So with that being said, that will lead to my next break. And when I come back, I am going to dive into this some more. Main question is, will Maya Moore return to the WNBA? It would be nice to see. That Minnesota team has not been the same without her. So stay tuned, A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. I will be right back after these messages. Hey, what's happening? It's Rick Thomas with Running the Table, and you already know you are on board the A-Train. Hang on for the ride. So welcome back once again to another segment on the A-Train Sports Talk podcast. And if there is anything, and there are humanitarian awards that are given out. And if there is one who is definitely deserving, as you heard, as I led out of my last segment and coming back into this one, I was talking about Maya Moore. Oftentimes women especially athletes do not get, I'm just going to say, they just don't get the credit that they deserve for what they do. They're playing the sport, but the sport is really dominated by their male counterparts. That's why there's a difference between the NBA and the WNBA. The pay scale is drastically different, which is why a lot of these women end up going overseas during the off season because the money is greater overseas than what they're getting in the WNBA. It makes you wonder 
how much does the WNBA miss an iconic figure like a Kobe Bryant who was so willing to give back not just to the game of basketball, but with his presence and time and energy devoted toward developing young women and on any given night would be seen at a WNBA game. I can guarantee you Kobe Bryant was seen more at WNBA game than most of your average NBA players. I'm pretty sure someone make a cameo appearance. But Kobe would actually go and stay for the duration of the game, him and Gianni. But if there is a person deserving of a humanitarian award, it would be one such Maya Moore. So the question has always remained, will Maya Moore return to the WNBA? Well, this story came out last month. And instead of me spilling the beans, I'll just let you listen for yourself. basketball players in the world will not be playing in the WNBA this season. When I made the decision to not be a professional athlete, it was really out of a desire to just prioritize the things that I was being convicted are most urgent. As athletes, we want things to be fair. In our justice system, let's be fair. Let's let's make it equal for every person to have the truth be shown and uh, treated with respect and dignity. When Maya Moore walked away from one of the greatest careers in WNBA history, it was to fight for criminal justice reform. She founded Win With Justice, a social action organization focused on raising awareness and freeing one man in particular, then 39-year-old Jonathan Irons. I was introduced to Jonathan as a senior in high school when I was visiting my extended family in Missouri and they had gotten connected with Jonathan through a prison ministry opportunity and so I got to know him through that relationship and then started to learn about his case and the more I learned the more my eyes were open to the realities of mass incarceration. In 1997, Irons was 16 when he was arrested and charged with first-degree assault and burglary. An all-white jury found him guilty, and he was sentenced to 50 years in prison. No physical evidence, no uh, blood, DNA, fingerprint, footprint evidence uh, tying him to the scene of the crime. He didn't commit this crime, and the conviction that he received didn't have integrity. Moore worked tirelessly to help Irons mount an appeal. She even helped fund his defense team. We just trusted that if we just keep doing things in the name of truth, a light will shine bright enough to get these dark things that have been hidden for so long out and hopefully inspire other people along the way. 13 months after Maya Moore put her career on hold, Jonathan Irons had an appeal hearing and a decision. This court will issue a judgment granting petitioner a conditional writ of habeas corpus in order that his convictions be vacated and the petitioner be discharged from custody. To hear those words was huge because it's so rare. It's so, so rare. And um, we were grateful. We overturned it, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> 23 years. After more than two decades behind bars, Jonathan Irons stepped out of the Jefferson City Correctional Center a free man. I just felt relief and just, it was kind of a worshipful moment, just dropping to my knees and just being so thankful that we, we made it. 
in our day and age in our culture there's no question that athletes and entertainers hold great power i try to uh, spread the word tell people about these real human beings that are going through these real situations and raising awareness about wrongful convictions especially for people of color all over the country what a wonderful story <clears throat> excuse me but Maya Moore says she won't return for the 2021 WNBA season four-time WNBA champion and 2014 WNBA MVP Maya Moore announced on Good Morning America on Wednesday and once again the story is back on March the 10th 2021 Wednesday she will not be returning to the court for this upcoming WNBA season. Moore 31 last played in the WNBA during the 2018 season before announcing in February 2019 that she would be taking some time away from basketball to focus on family and ministry dreams that have been stirring in my heart for many years. For the next year and a half, she committed to working for the release of Jonathan Irons from prison, a man from her childhood home state of Missouri who had been convicted of burglary and assault with a deadly weapon in 1998 when he was 16 years old. Last March, a judge ruled prosecutors had suppressed evidence that would have bolstered Irons' defense. His conviction was vacated and he was released from prison on July 1st. Moore and Irons, 41, married last summer. This journey has been quite wild, so I'm still trying to take that time to really get settled more said we just got married i'm still planning on taking some rest and really just leaning into this season of enjoying jonathan and having this full year earlier this week irons filed a civil lawsuit against the authorities who investigated his case i am not the only person that this has happened to iron said this lawsuit is about publicly exposing what has happened to me sharing the truth and creating public awareness and hopefully creating a deterrent to stop this from happening to someone else. Moore and Irons intend to continue to advocate for criminal justice reform. The way you change things is one person at a time, one story at a time, Moore said. That's what we're really after, redefining what a win is in our justice system. Moore won four WNBA championships with the Minnesota Lynx and was the finals MVP in 2013. She was the 2011 WNBA Rookie of the Year and a six-time All-Star and also won NCAA titles at UConn. For her WNBA career, she has averaged 18.4 points, 5.9 rebounds, and 3.3 assists per game. What an incredible story. What an incredible lady. And wish them the best of luck i'm pretty sure if she she returned to the wnba i'm pretty sure she's still in good shape and she can still hold her own against a lot of the competition but i can thoroughly say that minnesota Lynx team has not been the same without maya moore but if there's any such person deserving of a humanitarian award it would be one maya moore Sticking with the women, the WNBA draft 2021 grades, Dallas Wings draft Charlie Collier score highest marks. The 2021 WNBA draft might be best remembered for three things, a potential dynamic duel for the Dallas Wings with one, two picks, Charlie Collier and a walk cure teams betting on Young international talent in Indiana throwing some unexpected curveballs that were proved to be either surprisingly brilliant or way off base. At maximum, there are only 144 roster spots in the 12-team WNBA. Not every team is expected to carry 12 players this year, though due to contractual obligations and fitting under the salary cap. So there might be even fewer spots up for grabs when you consider how good the rosters already are. 
the chances are for the draftees to make it to the league in his 25th anniversary season are going to be tough for most. We saw international players such as Kira Finland, Shyla Hill, Australia, and Ileana Rupert, France, go in the first round. All are 19 years old and already playing professionally. It's not uncommon for international players to be drafted as soon as they're eligible, if they are at least 20 in the year the draft is held, and then possibly wait a year before they actually join the WNBA. We'll have to see how many in this draft play in the league in 2020, but it is pretty certain that some teams choose players knowing they're not likely to make a roster this year, but could in the future. Here are grades for 11 teams that participated in the draft. The Washington Mystics did not have any picks. The 2021 season tips off May 14th. Dallas Wings received a grade of A+. Picks number one, Charlie Collier, Texas center. Number two, Awakura, Finland, power forward. Chelsea Dungy. Arkansas shooting guard with the number 13 pick, Dana Evans, Louisville point guard. The Wings, the Dallas Wings, get an A-plus grade last year, too. Then they didn't make the playoffs. Still, that hall of players in this year's group should fill out a good foundation for the Wings' future and at least garner them a postseason berth this year. We'll have to see how Collier and Cure both develop as big post players. Collier and Cure are both six foot five, who have high ceilings. Dungey gives the Wings another version of Arik Aguambole, a guard who can always create her shot. And Evans, who some thought could be a lottery pick, seems like a second round steal. For new coach Vicky Johnson, the task is making all these 2020 and 2021 picks pay off. Up next, the Minnesota Lynx. They received a grade of an A. Picks, they had the ninth pick. They got Renia Davis, Tennessee, small forward. With just one pick, it obviously wasn't a busy draft for the four-time WNBA champions. But coach, general manager, Cheryl Reeve, has to be happy that Davis, who seemed to have a lot of traction as a lottery pick, fell to number nine. Nobody is ever going to replace Maya Moore. But getting a 6-2 wing who can rebound and has good scoring potential seems like just what the Lynx were looking for. The Los Angeles Sparks, A-minus, picks number seven, Jasmine Walker, Alabama, power forward, number 10, Stephanie Watts, North Carolina, shooting guard. Number 22nd pick, Arella Grantes, Rutgers, a shooting guard with the number 28 pick. And let me see, Ivana Rocca, Wake Forest, small forward, 34th pick. Ania Awaso, Spain, point guard. Based on what coach general manager Derek Fisher said he wanted going into the draft, the Sparks did pretty well. When they traded up, with Dallas on Wednesday to get number seven pick, Walker was one of Fisher's hoped for targets. But if Watts was a surprise in the first round, Garantes was an even bigger surprise dropping to the second. There was no bigger player whom the media projected higher, but who went lower than Garantes, so she could be really motivated. Rocker just completed a good career at Rake Forest, and Owasu spent her long college season at Oregon in 2017-18 before turning pro. But these players won't all make the Sparks roster this year. Number eight, Shyla Hill, Australia point guard. Number 16, Natasha Cook, Natasha Mack, Oklahoma State power forward. Hill has grown, has shown great promise at a young age, and it should be fun to see her learn from Courtney Vandersloot. In that sense, the Sky got exactly what they were seeking in the draft. 
Guinea Mack, a potential first rounder who led Division One in block shots this year, in the second round had to be a pleasant surprise. She has a lot of upside and brings a needed defensive mindset to the sky. The Las Vegas Aces received a B minus, a B plus. Pick number 12, Ileana Rupert, France, center. Number 14, pick Destiny Slocum, Arkansas, point guard. The 36th pick, Kiana Jeter. Does that name sound familiar? Kiana Jeter from Townsend. Connect Jeter with Derek, and you got the connection. But she's a guard from Townsend. Like many of the European players, Rupert could opt to wait at least a year to play in the WNBA. But even if she doesn't play in the league in 2021, this is a good pick. The 19-year-old could be a center for the future for the Aces. Liz Cambridge turns 30 in August and has missed several WNBA seasons since being drafted in 2011. So having Rupert as part of a long-range plan makes sense. The best use of the Aces' second-round pick was on a point guard, and we'll see if Slocum can win a spot on the roster. The Seattle Storm gets a grade of a B with picks number 18, Kiana Williams from Stanford, point guard, number 23, the number 23rd pick, India Jones from Texas A&M, power forward, and the number 35th pick, Natalie Kukowski from Lafayette, power forward. The Storm took Texas A&M's Aaliyah Wilson with their first-round pick at number 11 and then traded her to Indiana for a former UCLA player, Kennedy Burke, who could find a spot with Seattle. Williams gives the Storm another option at point guard, one who is a prolific three-point shooter. Jones was a double-double machine for the Aggies and is worth a look at the pro level. As Kukowski, who led Division I in rebounding, averaging Average this season 13.3 rebounds per game. The Connecticut Sun with a grade of B. With the picks, number 20 pick, DeJanae Carrington, Baylor, shooting guard. Number 21, Michaela Kelly, Central Michigan, point guard. The number 30 pick, Aaliyah Goodman, Oregon State, shooting guard. With no first-round picks, the Sun had to hope at least one player fell further than expected, and that's what happened with Carrington. She was outstanding for Baylor all season and especially showed grit and toughness during the NCAA tournament both offensively and defensively. Coach General Manager Kurt Miller was looking for some added offensive punch if possible, and Kelly, 23.9 points per game, and Goodman, 16.2 points per game, each led their team in scoring this season. New York Liberty with a grade of B with the following picks. Number six, Michaela Owenworth, UCLA, small forward. The number 17 pick, Dee Dee Richards, Baylor, point guard. The number 25th pick, Valerie Higgins, Pacific, small forward. The number 29 pick, Marine Fato. France point guard. There is nowhere to go but up for the New York for New York after last season's two and twenty struggle, and there is at least a chance that both Owenworth and Richards, who both bring great energy, could help the Liberty. Owenworth has to adjust to being a wing player, but she's someone who can make things happen all over the court. Richards isn't a shooter, but she was one of the best overall defenders in college the past couple of years. And offensively, she runs the court world and creates opportunities for others. Higgins started her career at USC before going to Pacific and is another one of those players you think would have a much greater chance at a roster spot if the league had a few more teams. Why not? Who's to say that this league can't pull in a few more teams in other areas? Next, the Atlanta Dream 
a B minus. Picks number three, Ari McDonald, Arizona. What a good pick that was. Point guard from Arizona. Number 15, Raquel Correa from Spain, a power forward. Number 27 pick, Lindsey Polium, Northwestern shooting guard. Yes, the dream are banking on the Ari McDonald we saw in the NCAA tournament this year being the one we'll see in the WNBA. And that the Pac-12 player of the year will keep getting better. But does this pick give the dream a few too many similar guards? Or does a backcourt that has McDonald, Chennedy Carter, Courtney Williams, and Ozzie Sims, among others, produce the high-octane pace that Coach Nikki Colin wants? Correa, again, like some of the other European players, might opt to wait at least a year to join the WNBA. Indiana Fever with a D for a grade. Picks number four, Carice Gondrzic, West Virginia, point guard. Number 11 pick, Aaliyah Wilson, Texas A&M, shooting guard. Number 19 pick, Unique Thompson, Auburn, power forward. Number 24 pick, Trinity Baptiste, Arizona, small forward. Number 26 pick, Chelsea Perry, University of Tennessee Martin, power forward. Number 30, the number 31 pick, Florencia Chagas, Argentina, point guard. Number third, the number 33 pick, Maya Caldwell, Georgia, guard. By adding Wilson in a trade with Seattle, the Fever ended up with seven picks in this draft, including two whom virtually no prognosticators saw as first round as first rounders in Gondrzic and Wilson. Gondrzic led West Virginia in scoring this season at 19.5 points per game. So maybe the fever are on to something that others aren't. Thompson was a consistent double-double threat for Auburn and might be Indiana's big pick. General manager Tamika Catchings and coach Mariana Stanley might have the last laugh on everybody. But the initial response to this draft is, huh? And to close out, Phoenix Mercury, no grade. Picks number 32, Sierra Johnson, Texas A&M Center. There really isn't much to grade for this draft when all the Mercury had was a third-round pick. Johnson was a stalwart inside for the Aggies but it would be difficult for her to make the roster. What the Mercury will be judged on is bringing in two former UConn players who were previous first-round picks, Kia Nurse and Megan Walker, in a February trade with New York for this year's number six pick. The Liberty took Michaela Owenwer and a 2022 first-rounder. We'll see if Nurse and Walker flourish in Phoenix. Stay tuned. There's some controversy brewing in the WNBA. Just what is that controversy? I'll tell you when I come back after this message. So stay tuned to A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your conductor, Anthony Smith. Stay tuned. Train's building up steam. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options, 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. We'll get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Want to enhance your workout? Try the workout bands everyone is talking about. Three different resistance levels. Light, medium, and heavy. Only at www.cakeybums.com That's 
dot C-A-K-E-Y-B-U-M-S dot com. www.cakeybums.com to enhance your workout with the resistance bands that everyone is talking about. Hey, what's happening? It's Rick Thomas with Running the Table, and you already know you are on board the A-Train. Hang on for the ride. Welcome back to my final segment. I believe it is. There is a controversy that has brewed that is brewing in the WNBA. And it's over a jersey. And I guess if controversy is going to brew, it's going to be out of Dallas. When have we ever gone through a sports season where there'd be football or basketball and there hasn't been some type of controversy or something that makes you go, huh, that comes out of Dallas, whether it be the Dallas Cowboys, whether it be Mark Cuban and his Dallas Mavericks, mainly Mark Cuban. But who would think that we would hear controversy coming from the WNBA via the Dallas Wings? You just don't hear stuff like that. Well, Nike, WNBA's Dallas Wings, pulled controversial new jersey. A new Dallas Wings uniform designed to honor the women Air Force service pilots has been pulled after the team, WNBA, and Nike learned that the program excluded black women, according to a joint statement to Time on Friday. In celebration of the league's 25th anniversary season, each of the 12 teams unveiled three new Nike-designed jerseys on April the 8th. The Wings Rebel Edition uniform paid homage to the World War II P-40 Warhawk, a plane manufactured in Texas and test-flown by the women Air Force service pilots. What stands out about the WASPs is that they excluded black women entirely, Matthew F. Delmont, a history professor at Dartmouth College who specializes in African-American history and civil rights told time. While the rest of the military and auxiliary services were segregated, they at least allowed African-Americans to participate. In a joint statement to Time, Nike, the WNBA, and the Wings said, the recently unveiled Dallas Wings Nike Rebel Edition uniform was designed to celebrate a group of Texas-based women pilots during World War II. However, Nike, the NBA, and Dallas Wings recently learned the history of the program does not align with our shared values of diversity and equity and inclusion. As a result, the Dallas Wings will not wear this uniform on court. Nike and its partners are removing it from retail, and Nike and the Wings will work together on a new Nike Rebel uniform design for the future. The WNBA dedicated its 2020 season to social justice, demanding justice for Breonna Taylor and honoring the Black Lives Matter movement and the Say Her Name campaign. On Thursday, the Wings headlined the WNBA draft by selection Charlie Collier of Texas with the number one overall pick and Awak Kier of Finland with the second pick. The Wings also selected Arkansas standout Chelsea Dungy and Louisville star Dana Evans. So that right there is going to put a wrap on today's segment. At least I think it is. Yes, it is. I'm pretty sure y'all have better things to do on Saturday than listen to my podcast. But those of you who do listen, I do appreciate. I want to say that I am working on some sponsorships, one in particular. So let me just go ahead and give you your name uh, for all your CBD needs. Uh, and there's different forms of it. There's some to deal with anxiety. There's some to deal with pain. Uh, go get educated. Go see Natalie Greenlee at The Health Connection. The Health Connection. I know they have a location on Rock Road. They have a location on Douglas. 
They also have a location in Rose Hill. But go see Natalie Greenlee and tell her that Anthony Smith from A-Trains Sports Talk Podcast sent you. Looking forward to having her on board as a sponsor, and you'll be finding out more about the Health Connection via Natalie Greenlee as she educates on the different CBD products that they have in the store. So want to thank her for giving me the heads up that she will be coming on board as one of my sponsors. Uh, also, if you want to sponsor this podcast, it's real simple. Just click that uh, support button. And whatever denomination you want to help support with on a monthly basis will be greatly appreciated. I'm looking for you small businesses. Y'all help me. I help y'all. So until next time, take care of yourself and each other and have a blessed weekend. Enjoy yourself. Stay safe.